0: What's going on, world? I'm Nick Ross, and this is Fish Tank Sessions. All right, and we're live. We've got a special guest with us today. Hand Promotions is in the house, ladies and gentlemen. We have Michael Holberg. Yes, Michael Holberg. I don't know if you guys know who he is. Um, But he is one of the creators of the Ham Promotions group here in Dallas, Texas. And I thought it would be a really cool idea to bring him on to kind of tell us a little bit about Ham Promotions, maybe a little bit about himself, kind of his opinions about the Dallas scene, and just kind of get a different viewpoint for maybe things that we're thinking about, but maybe we just don't know. And who knows, maybe he wants to get a little bit more personable with us, and he might share some
1: deep secrets. Who knows? We'll find out. So, Michael, why
0: don't you go ahead and introduce yourself?
1: All right, thank you so much, Nick. Uh, my name's Mike. Of course, uh, I am one of the co-founders of Ham Promotions. My other co-founder is Austin, actually Ham, and uh, also Angie. So, we were sitting in our—I uh, guess it was my apartment—three years ago, and you know we had come up with this idea: we're going to throw shows us three, let's do this. We want to change the the Dallas scene. Let's get more people involved, different artists here, highlight locals, you know, the kind of more geared towards the underground, bringing people up from, from nothing, bring them basically from the underground up and get them into the high, uh, the limelight, you know, really showcase some of these people who have been producing for, you know, X amount of years, but just haven't had the time or the, the you know the right avenues to get their names out. So anyways, we we're sitting there 3 years ago and um actually this is where Ham comes from. Austin's actual last name is Ham. So that's the H. Angie, A, and Michael, M. Wow. I didn't <laughs> I had no idea that's what it what it stood for. Yeah, so that's pretty much it. Also, you know, we we wanted to gear towards, you know, um bass music and we're like, all right, well, you know, everyone's goes go, Ham, so Hardened as a, of course. Motherfucker um, pig. Exactly, exactly. So, you know, it had multiple um, connotations. And, you know, I've been listening to electronic music for about 18 years. And I was just thinking, what's always great is to have an image with, you know, whatever brand you're trying to bring to. So, the only other pig-related image in EDM was Kill the Noises record. And it was Slow Roast Records. That's the only other one. But it's like, I think defunct. I, I, I really don't know. So I thought we were in the clear for the most part. And, uh, you know, we've just run with this, this pig moniker on everything. As you can see on my bottle, I have ham everywhere. I, uh, we have our ham nation. We have, I made the actual emoji of a pig. And now made it grimy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, I, I see that logo everywhere now. And it's like, it is so distinct because, you know, when you see that pig, because you're right, you have you don't see it anywhere else. And I think that's what's unique. And especially with the term, I mean, it's just ironic that y'all's initials spell out ham. But you're right. I mean, everybody's doing it because we're all going h- hard, as you would say. And I think it just really, it just blends well. So I think you did a good job with that creativity on that stance. Oh, I
1: appreciate it. Well, I mean, that was three years ago. We were playing to that. And, you know, it just it just made sense. It really did, you know. Um, we actually, kind of funny story, you know, just the whole pig thing. Um, we have all these stickers, you know. We have ham monikers, you know, e- etc. Well, actually, a couple of promoters have actually gotten ham tattoos. I don't even have any tattoos on my body, but we have promoters who just, you know, this really connected with them, you know, like gave them, you know, an avenue for them to meet new people, to, you know, break out of their shells. And so they, they love it. We have three people with tattoos. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) Do you think you'll ever get the, uh,
0: the ham logo tattooed on your body?
1: Yes. I need a good graphic designer. And uh, anyone know? Anyone? Yeah, let us know. Let, let us know. <laughs> let Ma- us know. <laughs> Michael's looking for a good designer that can draw out his tattoo and put it on his body. Yeah. Where would you get it? Probably my at uh, no. Um <laughs> you know, I really like the the wrist, uh, you know, I guess the forearm area, you know, it's just it's very visible. It's there for myself, it's there for other people. It's like I don't know. <laughs> kinda doing the Spider Man thing here. Um I, I, I just I just like it there. You know, it's it's visible for both myself personally and also for the people that you know see it as well so probably there um the other place was probably on my face you know i don't i'm like like a little hand teardrop yeah a little little teardrop teardrop for (laughs) for every sold out show you you know my my first
0: thought would have been like the the old school like tramp stamp you know you you see butterflies you see a lot of like beings that exist on that (laughs) lower back you know but maybe not for you maybe maybe you don't see that's cool though. I mean that that's just that's just hella cool. Um, and I know you mentioned um, some of the other founders. I know you mentioned Austin and what was the other girl's name? Angie. Angie. Let me ask you a question. So before you met Austin and Angie, kind of what was going through your head before you met them? Because I'm thinking that you know maybe once you met them, you guys all had like a collab and then came together and was like, holy shit, we can actually do something together. So was this like a burning passion that you've had even before then? Or kind of tell us a little bit where this all got started and created.
1: Right, right. So um, mainly, it's, it's actually kind of an interesting story. Austin and I went to the same high school. So I've known him for almost my entire life. Yet he's a little bit younger than me. But he's like the business mind behind everything. You know, I do a lot of the, you know, photos and the media. And, you know, I've always been behind the camera kind of creating stuff. Um, and Angie knows all these people from LA. So each one of us had like a different part in this whole ham project, I guess, you know, and it couldn't happen without, you know, anyone not being there. So it was cool. You know, I, uh, I met Angie through Austin, actually, she moved, um, from California to Texas three years ago. And, um, I believe their story was they met at a Zomboy show, I believe, or or something at Stare Your Life. Anyways, regardless, um, I met her, and it just made sense for all of us. You know, I hated all the marketing and business kind of stuff. I kind of personally, I, I did fall kind of short on my own photography stuff with, you know, marketing because it's it's that constant grind. You know, you have to... You have to take your pictures. You have to do this, and then you have to say, "Hey, look at what I did," you know. And well, even and, like today, it's not even just taking pictures. I mean, it's taking the
0: picture, then taking it back, putting it on your computer, editing it, making it look just so pretty before the world
1: sees it. That's yeah. really the
0: life we live today.
1: Well, then you also have to market it all. Sure, I sucked at that part. <laughs> I, I'll tell you, I was not good at that. I was like, I'm just going to keep on taking photos and doing video stuff, and you know, and and just see where it goes. And I've been doing that for you know eight years. I've been I've traveled pretty much all the United States on tour. I've uh, shot over 400 artists, you know, and that's kind of where this stemmed from. I kept on shooting like really big artists. I was, you know, traveling with Zed's Dead all throughout Texas. You know, I was doing, you know, every big name EDM person who's coming through all the festivals that came through Dallas. It's like, cool, I want to shoot that. Boom, I was on it. I had the portfolio you know I'd been doing it long enough I'd made the right connections so really that kind of was my sector and then um I kept on seeing Austin at all these shows literally I'd be you know on stage looking you know taking the pictures and we would just meet eyes it was it was hilarious it was just fate you know we'd meet eyes and then you know oh what's up holy crap you're at this show again and he's always by himself just loving the music you know and um and I was always there so that kind of formed this kind of interesting bond, even though we weren't together, we were there together because we were there alone. It, it was kind of interesting. <laughs> you know, Michael,
0: I think that's, uh, I think that's really cool. So what, you know, what would you say ham? I mean, I know you've told me now what uh ham actually stands for in the, uh, in the abbreviative text,
1: but what does ham actually stand for, like in the community? Well, in the community, I think it stands for just a lot of, um, A lot of progression for you know the the little guy you know standing up for you know the people who have been making music and just don't have the right spotlight to showcase any of that you know i I think that that's one of the key things is there's just so many talented people all over the world but we're focusing on dallas and i want to focus on the people that have been making music or being creative and showcase them because This place is really cool. Dallas is giant, you know, and I've met you through this. I've met so many people through uh, the electronic um, scene, and it's just amazing. All these people have their different ways to help out or they have their different... um, I used to be actually heavily into the house scene, and it was just cool, like, seeing all of the people involved in that house scene, and now we're moving completely in a different one. Um, So Ham and the Community is really just... Doing it for the people that I want to help out, you know, honestly.
0: I think something else that you do that, that that Ham brings to the table here in Dallas is something called Open Decks. And what I find is so cool about Open Decks is like what you're saying, there's so many people that want to be somebody. There's so many people producing music, uh, mixing music, and just kind of putting their own flavor on other different vibes that are out there, and I think open decks kind of allows people to express themselves a little bit further than kind of where they're doing, maybe in just their house or their apartment, or maybe they're you know doing a local show at a bar, at a restaurant, maybe even a small venue. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about open decks and kind of how all that works?
1: So continuing with our you know the the community vibe, you know we did local shows, we did all these other things, but we wanted to really reach more of the community and help them out because that's that's what we're aiming for we're aiming to help out people that make this scene you know not just the big guys who've already made it we want to get to the nitty-gritty the underground really the people that have don't you know don't have the equipment let's say i mean i don't have four thousand dollars just to spend randomly because i want to get into a hobby so if i wanted to do djing all of a sudden open next would be that first place you know there's cdjs there's mixers there's a crowd and you have a platform now to play. So it, it really stems from, you know, the whole open mic thing because, you know, back in college, we um, I used to attend those with all my buddies. They read poetry, played guitar. I used to be really in like the indie scene. Nothing <laughs> wrong so, with that. Yeah, yeah. So, Cut my wrist and black my <laughs> eyes yeah some uh, skinny jeans and some black eye makeup but <laughs> so anyways i just i like that idea you know being able to give someone all the tools they need and all they just need to do is just bring their talent you know and that's what's really cool about open decks you know most of these kids have have really been brutally honest with us hey man i've never played open decks i don't know what this is actually you know what i've never touched cdjs and it's cool we have a cool community where people are like all right this button does this this does this you know you know 10 minutes later they're like all right got it done you know so it's really nice seeing that camaraderie and people like showing other people and helping out you know it's not just like oh well you don't know that i'm going to shun you because that.
0: No, and I think that I think that's what's awesome about it is it, there's the there's the help and then there's the aid. Because exactly you do have those people that are sitting at home, maybe playing on a two hundred hour mixer and then they walk up to some CDJs, see all the buttons, like, holy shit, <laughs> what does this do? And I think that giving that transparency and also that that guide to support them and show them kind of how all of that works and really, hey man, all you gotta do is show up, bring your USB. You know, we'll walk you through how the actual platform works, but in the end, you're really just doing the same thing, just on more powerful equipment with a lot more features. And in the end, I mean, if you don't know all the additional features, you don't got to use them. Exactly. And I think that really just gives people the transparency to show up with their USB plug in and really just kind of get down. And that's what it's fun. And I think as soon as someone does that for the first time, I mean, I've never done. I've never. I've never DJed. But I got. I got to say that if I was a DJ. And I was someone that practiced at home, never performed for somebody. Maybe I was nervous to show up to open decks. Maybe you had a couple events. I've seen it on Facebook or I've seen it somewhere else. I'm like, man, one day, one day I'm gonna show up and I'm gonna play that mix that I've been working on, or I'm gonna, I'm gonna show that song that I've been making. And then you actually show up, you play it, you realize it's not that scary. And then you probably feel like you're on top of the world, even though you're playing with a bunch of other DJs. And then also you're playing for a bunch of people you don't know, but I think it gets you out there into the community and it allows you to express yourself freely. And I think that's kind of what people are always feeding for, but there's also like that fear. It's like, Oh man, I got to be on stage. But Hey man, if that's what your passion is, you almost got to get past like that scary part and just fucking do it. Yeah. I mean, half the part, half the time is just showing up to things. And sometimes, I mean, I know myself sometimes I get, sometimes I overthink things. I'm like, you know What? I'm not going to start a podcast. You know, I'm I'm fucking, what am I going to say? What am I going to talk about? I don't want to hear my voice all day. I hear my voice enough. But I think just doing it allows you to get more comfortable because I've heard this one, this one line one time where the, the more uncomfortable things you do, the less uncomfortable they become. And I think the more opportunities that people have to go out there and express themselves and show off their music, show what they're all about. Um, really just gives them just a better stance, not only in their personal life, but also in the in the scale that they want to be as they as they go on and progress and, and grow themselves as an individual or possibly a DJ or a producer. You've been doing this now for a while. And it seems like you, Angie and Austin have really got involved. So I got to ask, you know, what keeps you guys going? Like, well, like, where, where's the drive come from? Where's the ambition that just makes you guys kind of go head to heels every day, pound the pavement, you know, get the community around. So like what drives you like what 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 keeps you going what what wakes you up at night
1: so really really what keeps me going is just knowing that the more shows we can throw the more locals we can put on the more people we can showcase you know the bigger we can go you know the whole point is also for us to have a goal you know I, I realized like personally I guess it's always good to have a goal you know and our goal is festival you know some type of festival and in that case you know we have to continue throwing shows we have to continue to prove ourselves and you know the more we do this the more we'll find out about what we need to do because it's all just practice towards this huge goal you know and also it's not really the the personal gratitude if if someone's coming up to you it's really the excitement that i see from people when they're like i'm having so much fun and it's it's cool because it's not just anyone's event it's our event now you know, and, and that really makes me feel happy because I, I've been in event planning for most of my life. I love it. And, and that's what really gets me going is, you know, when people enjoy it, they're like, I had a blast at this event. And, and everyone has their own experiences, but, you know, that smile, you know, the, the giddiness, just it, it reminds me of when I was doing it and how appreciative I was. So this is kind of like a, I'm giving back and this is what – you know, I guess Ham wants to do. This is kind of our way of saying thank you. So we're trying to provide that as much for, you know, all the new kids who are coming up into the scene because, you know, I've been doing this since I was 18 years old. My mom, actually, when I was 15, I got my first CD. It was Paul Oakenfold. Yes, the CD, CD, wow. CD, Paul Oakenfold Transport. Stuck that in and I never looked back. I just listened to it constantly. And really just seeing how excited I was then and then, you know, mirroring it and how these kids, you know, I've been doing this since I was eight, 18. Now they're 18 and I'm a lot older. So giving that whole experience back to them is really cool. You know, I've been at countless festivals and, you know, I hear kids like, hey, this is my first festival. Abu Dhabi was my first festival. Your show was my first EDM show. Like, that's really cool, you know. There's so many people who are new to this community, and 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 when I started, I don't know when you did, but when I did back in 2000, it, it was it was a really underground thing. There wasn't all this publicity. There wasn't just every weekend packed full of shows. It was like when it when's the next one? You didn't really know. You sometimes had DJs come through, maybe if that was the cool thing, but you know it was just such a smaller scene then, and it's it's amazing. How much it's progressed, and so it's just cool being a part of it.
0: Well, I mean, I gotta say too, I haven't been in the scene as long as you. I, I just got introduced to the scene really in 2015, um, and before that, I was one of those guys that was like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna be one of those. I don't have no <laughs> desire to go to a show. I'm gonna listen to my Nickelback or my Creed album and just like sit back and chill. No, I mean, once I found out exactly what it was all about, I, I just, it just took me over, and it just inspired me in so many different ways. And I think kind of what you're talking about with the shows that you put on you know, to see those people that have all that joy and that happiness. And you can say, you know, I helped create that smile for that person, or I, I brought joy to this person because I got them out of the house and I, and I basically gave them something to come to where they felt comfortable and they just had a kick-ass time. I think there's not a whole lot of that actually going on. I mean, cause I think, you know, you go to these other events and now, like you said, too, there's so much promoting going on with the EDM scene. And I remember even a short time, whenever I got into it in 2015, you know, I didn't really see a whole lot of attention-grabbing publicity for shows and events, and now, now it's just like you can't even open up uh, Facebook or Instagram without even seeing all these events that are happening left and right. Mm-hmm. Um, before it was just Dallas. Now I'm starting to see so many different things happen in Fort Worth, um, and it's just really wild just to see the transition of things as as we progress. Um, so since we are kind of talking about the Dallas scene, mm-hmm. um, you know, because I've, I've heard a lot of mixed mixed opinions on this topic so what what do you think for you for you personally what do you love about the um the edm scene here in dallas that's a loaded question
1: first of all (laughs) super loaded but i'm definitely down to tackle this one so what i love the blossoming scene you know it's really crazy seeing pretty much it used to be only lizard lounge playing any music used to be only one place where you could go and get electronic music and now it's I don't even know how many venues actually host EDM events, I think 30, 40. It's it's unreal. So you know, just seeing the growth is is really awesome, you know, and and, and seeing that become more commercially available for all these people like, hey, this is what I've been listening to. This is what we've been listening to for, you know, x amount of years. And it's cool. It kind of coming above ground, you know, but also every time that happens, you know, there's a lot of people who just see money dollar signs on things. And that's, That's where it becomes kind of difficult, you know, and, uh, seeing what people are truly there for. Are they there for the community? Are they just there for, this is just money in the end of the day. This is just another venture. So we're trying to set ourselves apart from that. And, uh, and, and and it's just interesting seeing how people are evolving. But there's so many things I love about it. I love the people. I love, you know, the camaraderie. I love the creativity. You know, there's just so many things. I mean, honestly, it's been my livelihood for such a long time, you know, going to these shows. I mean, it helped me travel all over the United States. So there's a lot of things that I love about EDM and the culture and the people. I think that's cool. Kind of what you were
0: saying about how, I mean, it used to be just such like an underground world and it is kind of starting to come more above ground where you're starting to hear you know a lot more people coming to the to the community coming to the scene coming out the shows going to festivals talking about it and exposing their own creativity into the world of the edm culture and i think that's something that you don't see a whole lot with other music and i think that's something that really
1: allows people to express themselves and in a way just makes people fall in love with it along with that you know comes a lot of different pitfalls, I guess, of anything that gets as big as EDM has now gotten. And personally, it's uh, different from me professionally. (laughs) So personally, it's hard because, you know, when I was shooting shows and being really just involved in everything, it was, you know, you always wanted to bring the new, new people, the, the up and comers and things like that. And that was always like, Oh, man, I've seen this guy 17 times in one year, you know, it's, you know, it, it kind of seems dull, I guess. And that's, I guess, where everyone starts branching out to other events, and they go to different scenes and like, okay, well, you know, maybe the dubstep isn't really what I want now, I'm gonna start moving towards house and techno. So that's kind of where I moved. And, you know, you get involved in that scene. But, you know, I think it's it's hard, because professionally, it's hard to always put your money on the underdog, you know, people are very business oriented. And, and some people don't realize, like, you, you can't just lose money forever. You know, I would love to bring every underground artist, but it has to make sense for everyone because I'm not made of money, neither is our company, and I'm sure that's why, you know, some of these bigger ones are doing so well. They they know what is successful, and they continue to move with that, you know. And that's a hard thing professionally to, to, to balance is, like, we want to still – do well but also we have to do well so we can bring these people who are unknown, who are the 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 new up and comer from Louisiana or, you know, New Mexico or, you know, wherever it might be. So it's um it's a different different um beast that you have to tackle with with um EDM and I guess it's it's something that us as a company have struggled with a lot and trying to figure out, you know, well it's always a gamble. It really is, you know. This this is a very difficult scene to work in, you know. Well, that's that's that's
0: kind of wild too, because I was just kind of thinking about what you said, and I mean, obviously, you know, you probably know a lot of local talent, and plus, you probably are well connected too with some of the other guys and the other DJs and producers that are well known. <laughs> And that's got to be tough because whenever you are doing an event, I'm sure you got people from every direction pulling. Hey, Michael, I want to, can I get a set time? Can I get on? You know, what do I got to do to be a part of this? I mean, I'm sure it happens left and right. And you gotta say no sometimes, and I'm sure it hurts because you really want to let everybody on. But like you said, it's got to be practical. It does cost money to throw these events, and I'm sure there's been times where you know you've thrown successful events and it, and it made worthwhile. But I'm also sure there's been times where you have thrown events and you've probably lost thousands of dollars. I'm sure it's happened, um, and I'm sure you know people want to come out and they want to see that big name or they want to see someone that they're familiar with. But I think it's cool that you bring kind of a variety of both. It seems like, you know, you got some of the guys that are, maybe they're not huge name labels, but you know, they're, they're making some traction, in the scene, they're making some tractions, you know, around, spot around SoundCloud, Spotify, and they're getting known, they're getting followers, but you're also bringing in those local people that are, that are talented and, and giving them a ride, a chance to rise and shine before you have maybe your main headliner go on.
1: Right, right. So that's, that's pretty much it is just that balance um, of finding the DJs that are going to perform well do well that people will like and also you know not costing an arm and leg sure (laughs) so anyways it's it's been a blast you know i've learned so much about business a lot about marketing about you know just interpersonal relations talking with all these managers and all these things and it's great you know um there's just a lot of behind the scenes stuff that i think a lot of people including myself hell i didn't even know even when i was a photographer full-time i didn't realize how much went into it you know all the booking you know you you have to really just get someone from point a to point b and make sure that everything is taken care of you know and that's something that people don't always understand it's like yeah just bring this guy that sounds great well i mean i agree Totally. I would love to bring all these underground artists, you know. But you also got to make sure the show
0: goes on and exactly. there's, no, there's no type of technical difficulty. There's not some type of big mistake because that can happen and it kind of yeah. just throws the show off. So you got to almost be practical with your decision making mm-hmm.
1: and ensure that you have the right people going on. Right, right. So, um, you know, we're very fortunate to have all these locals that have performed tremendously. You know, we've had hundreds of locals um, through our, our shows and, you know, we're, we're so thankful
0: so what do you, you know, what are kind of some of the things that you really just don't like about the scene here in Dallas?
1: Well, professionally, it's still business. And, you know, it's hard because I want everyone to play together. And that is hard to get around everyone who's a business type. You know, I'm not a super business minded person. No, i first want to admit, you know, like I said earlier, I was, I do all the photo and video, all that media. So you know, my my idea is just let's get everyone to do everything together. But, you know, it's that's the hardest part is, you know, um different people have different ideas, you know, and that's hard because not everyone agrees on things. And, you know, you have to compromise things in different ways that you didn't think you would or or it just doesn't work out. And um sometimes it hasn't worked out for us. You know, we haven't work with certain companies or certain people because you know whatever reasons and so that no i mean that, that makes sense
0: and i mean it definitely seems like you know even from what i see on my side you know not being in the business aspect of it deep like you are but i mean there there is i mean everyone's almost fighting it's, it's, it's very competitive it is. I, I see it a lot too on like the promoter side Um, especially just like on social media where I see, you know, anybody can just now, just about now register to be a promoter for a, for a certain venue or a certain event. And then you just start seeing everybody registering and everyone's shooting off these, Hey, you know, use my code, get 10% off. And then like, when you see somebody else do it and that person gets a little grimy or, Hey, this is my community. I don't want you posting over here. It just seems like a almost like a, like a cat dog battle constantly out there, especially when it comes to promoting. But even like on the side that you were talking about in the business aspect, I mean, You're right. I mean, everyone's in it to make a buck. I mean, especially people, you know, if this is your passion, you want to find a way to make it something of your own, but not do it all for free. I mean, there has to be some type of benefit. Yeah, I get it. You know, we all want to have the happiness and the joy. You know, you just love the music and having the connections with people. But at the end of the day, I mean, it's not free. It's not free at all. So there has to be some type of benefit. financially to make them continue going. So I could totally understand why that would be kind of something that really doesn't sit well with you. You've been doing this for a while. Ham's been around. It's got a really good positive name here in the Dallas community. So how often do you guys do events? And, you know, kind of let me know about some of the people that you've brought into some of your prior events to kind of, you know,
1: pump up the crowd. Sure. So we aim to do an event every month. You know, it's, with such a small, like, core team, <laughs> we did four events, I think, in two months, and it was it was nuts, you know, and, and that doesn't sound like a lot, but from booking to making sure that all the hotels, you know, there's just a lot of back-end things, and, you know, making sure that all the photos, everyone has seen the pictures, you know, there's just so much going on, and uh, on top of all this, Angie, myself, and also Austin have jobs, so it's hard for us because we don't we can't dedicate that two hundred, four hundred percent, you know, we're dedicating as much time as we can, you know, with with being sane as possible.
0: Which is tough. I mean, it's tough getting pulled in different directions. I know it now too. You know, I just started this, but even I've had so much passion and that I've been like almost feel like I'm being split because I have my other job. And then the evening times I get to do this and practice with the recording. And it's almost like you just want to quit everything you got and just focus on one, but then you can't because you're not making the same type of money to support (laughs) yourself. Not yet. So it's, you got to be able to juggle. You got to be able to adapt and kind of like, you know, put your mask on for this and then put your other mask on for that. And, you know, I think it's, it's tough doing that sometimes, but the people that do it well, you know, show that sanity and are able to kind of balance both of those. And mm-hmm. not a lot of people can do that. So that's, that's impressive that all three of you being as heavily involved with ham are still also able to manage having a full-time job as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it it is, it, it does get difficult, you know, when, you know, we're looking for answers during the days and it's like, Hey, well, we're all working. So it is, it's right. You know, we do live kind of these separate lives of you know, here's my day job and here's everything at night. And at night is where we, you know, we meet endless times, you know, talking about ideas, coming up with different types of marketing plans, things like that. So that's what um, it it, it takes, you know, it's honestly a second full-time job, but you know, I wouldn't trade anything for it. Anyways, we've, we've, we try to aim for like I said, about a show a month, that just makes it manageable. We try to aim for about one show per month. It's manageable for all three of us, you know, getting out content, making sure that we've promoted our shows well enough to make sure that, you know, everyone who knows about a show and wants to, you know, can still come out. You know, if we do too many shows in a month or within a short amount of time, you know, people get burned out, you know, they really do. So, you know, sometimes it's like, yeah, this makes sense, you know. But then you also have to take a step back and say, does it make sense as a showgoer? You know, we have to sometimes step back and it's like, wow, maybe this might not be because, you know, between just our company, there's a handful of other companies still doing the same thing. You know, you're all fighting for the same thing and we have to try to try to space them out. So we do about a show a month. It makes it manageable. We we focused mainly in the beginning Heavy dubstep, a lot of rhythm. You know, that was such a small underground community. We wanted to kind of aim for that. I really do love dubstep a lot. <laughs> you know, I I grew up with UKF, you know, all sorts of stuff. As things progress, you know, as music continues on you know our our idea of what we like now changes you know i used to be only dubstep only this you know and then i'm branched out to house and jungle and i love drum and bass and uh you know all sorts of things so we're we're trying to take some other actions to go in different ways kind of um make it more eclectic you know because you know you can't pigeonhole hold yourself in just one genre. Otherwise, you know, like you're gonna get the same person showing up to the exact same exactly. thing.
0: Exactly. And I think that's what's really cool is you get that variety of fans mm-hmm. that kinda come out and it's not just aiming for that one type of group you know you just got the bass heads coming out all yeah. the time especially yeah. if you're if you've got that variety and different and different styles of music within the edm scene because i mean we all know there's so many genres with so many sub genres of sub sub genres <laughs> and you can find people that just like all this weird shit but then you also have the people that just are just simple wood house and that's what they want to go with right and i think that's what's cool is keeping it all blended did you kind of run into any type of, like, obstacle, like, along the way? Like, any type of speed bump? Like, when you got started, that was just like, holy shit, now what do I do? Like, maybe uh, you, you reached out to that first artist, or you reached out to that first manager, and you're like, hey, you know, I'm just doing some cold calls, and I want to go ahead and try to get somebody out to a show. And then someone was actually like, well, you know what? Let's go ahead and do it. Did you have any of those, like, lollipop moments like that? Yes. <laughs> Tell
1: me about it. So, really, it was probably Dirt Monkey, our first show. It was our second show, sorry.
0: I have some... uh Raw, unfiltered honey here. Okay. Would you like some raw, unfiltered honey? No,
1: I'm good. Thank you. I appreciate it. I have my water. <laughs> Thank you. So our kind of moment like that, I, I it wouldn't be an epiphany, but the kind of holy shit this is this is real we're gonna have a really big artist with us it was dirt monkey you know we had one other show before that it was um sweet tooth and helicopter showdown we brought sweet tooth about three other times he's been such an awesome artist you know anyways i digress so dirt monkey the idea really stemmed from austin and and i had never heard of dirt monkey i didn't know what the hell a dirt monkey was (laughs) and he's like dude we have to bring this guy so Checked out of SoundCloud and being through all this music and seeing all the, the trends, I was like, looking at the SoundCloud numbers, looking at the Facebook followers, looking at all these like, you know, the metrics, like kind of determining, holy shit, this guy's really big. You know, he wasn't at the point where he is now but he was a big artist for someone who only booked one show and um we just we winged it <laughs> we winged it and just said yep let's talk to this artist you know on this really big agency and it was kind of surreal when they when they said yeah let's do it you know he's up and coming we feel like you guys know what you're doing you've uh you know you have the pictures you have et cetera, whatever made them say yes it was awesome so that was our, our big kind of breakthrough um, with Dirt Monkey. We packed out the green elephant. You know, it was it was amazing seeing these people I've never met come to our show. That was probably the craziest moment so far.
0: I could just imagine kind of that feeling when... You know, especially when you find out you got Dirt Monkey coming on, then he actually shows up and it's like, holy shit. Yeah. This is real. Yeah. It like, really, this is happening.
1: It, it was it was kind of a surreal moment. Like, emails are emails. You're talking with people. It's kind of really, to be honest, very impersonal. You know, you're just talking on a laptop. Hey, come here. Here's the prices. And then it's like, holy shit. You know, we went all out. We got blow up balloons of monkeys and bananas and all sorts of crazy shit we're like dude we want everyone to have fun kind of funny because we brought him back about a year later but at the deep lmr company and on his rider was now inflatable bananas <laughs> because we had kind of started that trend of like Dude, yeah, let's have that bananas. Is awesome. So it was it was kind of funny seeing like I was actually at that show. And <laughs> yeah. That was my first Dirt Monkey show, no and I, I honestly
0: had no idea who he was. And my, my buddy Steven invited me. He's like, "Oh man, you have to go to Deep Elm Co. and see Dirt Monkey." And I remember going there and seeing all the monkeys and the bananas. Yeah, and it was just one of those times. I was like,
1: "Wow!" It made me go bananas. Bananas? Yeah. Oh, there's way too many puns that I made <laughs> in my my videos.
0: You should maybe make the like a like the ham pig. Eating a banana, we could for that, the next time. That would be pretty
1: cool, right? <laughs> yeah. So, so I guess that kind of excitement—the fact that this was that was your first Dirt Monkey show—I mean, like that's what makes it cool, you know. We and I didn't him... even know you then. Yeah, I didn't even know we... that was your event. I just <laughs> I was going to
0: Deep Elm Art Co. because I got invited to go see Dirt Monkey. Yeah, that was before I
1: even knew who you were. Yeah, that was two years prior. Yeah, two years prior. Wow. So that's really kind of why the EDM community is so cool, right there. Because I've only known Nick for six months yet he had been to a show that we had hosted two years ago. And it's it's full circle. You know, that's what's really cool. This scene is so small, yet so large. And you know, you can find all sorts of friends through it. You know, I've met lifelong friends who I don't even live close to. But you know, every time I go to Colorado or New York or whatever, they'll hit me up, I'll hit them up. Hey, what's going on? It's like, you've never left off from where you were. So I mean, I got to say, like you said, it is a small world, it's a small community,
0: but like I say, a small world, big family, mm-hmm. and that's what everybody is here in this community. For sure. Where do
1: you think Ham's going to be in the next two years? Like, where do you see it going? So, it's one of those things where you want to be somewhere in X amount of time, but it's always going to take fucking longer. It always is. You know, you have to, it, there's so much groundwork you have to do, you know, and this kind of goes back to, you know, anyone who started, like, you just have to keep on pursuing things, you know, you have to keep on grinding away, you know, if you're DJing, you you can't expect to be playing main stage, EDC, Ubby Dubby, you know, fucking whatever show here in just one year. Yeah, there's, there's these outliers. Yeah, there's great people that got picked up immediately. But most of these people you have to dive in, you know, some of my favorite artists have been under four different monikers for seven years, and then they're finally getting into the you know the limelight. They're finally getting the spotlight they deserve. So you know it's just one of those things, and I have to keep on reminding myself it's not gonna happen overnight. Nothing will.
0: Well, and it, and it's not also gonna be main stage. I mean, yeah. I think there's also so many DJs out there that just feel that maybe if I'm not playing main stage at a big venue, then I'm nobody. And a lot of times, I mean, when you think about it, you gotta be in the dirt. to get somewhere. You got it almost like a plant. It starts out as a seed in the dirt and then it grows up and becomes this beautiful blossoming plant. And you got to go play at that bar that has nobody there. And you got to go play for free Mm -hmm. and you got to get your name out there. And then from there, that might evolve into a bigger club where maybe there might be 20 people that show up and you're still playing for free. And I think you got to go through all those steps. And then eventually if you work hard and you're good where people want to come back, then that brings you to bigger events or or, or bigger um, headlining events or it brings you to a bigger venue. And I think there's so many people out there that are just so hungry for the the big. They don't want to do all the little baby steps in between. But you gotta crawl before you can walk, and you gotta you gotta get in the dirt, and then you gotta rise above that dirt.
1: Oh yeah, I uh, to to resonate with that. I mean, I did shoot a lot of shows for free when I first started. You know, you have to build your portfolio, and just as we are, as this company right now, we're building our portfolio for shows. I mean, we've done three, roughly two and a half years worth of shows, but, you know, that's just a very, very small stepping stone. You know, in, in a couple of years, what we're trying to do is just, you know, obviously branch out, get bigger, be able to throw some of the cooler shows around with different artists, getting to bigger venues and and there's there are a lot of politics in this. I'm not going to lie. There's a lot of politics you have to abide by like, you know, we can't work here or they can't work here and things like that, you know. So you really have to be creative in that sense. So um, you know, in 2 years I would love to be, you know, at a bigger venue, you know. We're we're already working on one right now. But, you know, I I don't want to overindulge because, you know, I that's not how I do things i i don't want to just work on hype because that's not fair right. you know i've been let down so many times people hype you up for a job or for whatever endeavor you guys end up doing and it's like it just falls through and then where is it exactly and, and thought i thought you were doing something where is it at well exactly. i just didn't get around to it right
0: okay well don't talk about
1: it right right so um show me don't tell me <laughs> and that's what we're trying to do is show people you know that we're here we're here to stay and we're going to continue you know i would love to throw festivals, throw kind of interesting, kind of unique and creative events. Because imagining if I was an 18 to 25-year-old, even 30-year-old, I mean, what would be interesting for me to go to as a concert goer? And and that's kind of how I work um, and how I want to create things. Like, what would be fun? What would be enjoyable instead of like, hey, this is the same thing every weekend, you know? That's uh, it's kind of our mentality. And you have to kind of create and be new and be unique to to thrive. And, um, you know, in, in a couple years, we'd love to be working with tons of uh, <laughs> different companies, and, and hopefully more collaborators. You know, I've, I've met so many people, and I'm sure there's so many other people that would love to collaborate with us. So a big shout out. Also, uh, we did just get added to Prime's saga network. So it's it's really a cool networking kind of thing on Tuesday. So It's for promoters, it's for artists, it's for vendors. And, you know, I think that's kind of a step into getting into helping out in different veins and and connecting with new people and collaborating with different, you know, groups to kind of make things, you know, different for the concert goer that we're always trying to, uh, I guess, appease. (laughs) Sure.
0: Well, if somebody wanted to find Prime Saga, where can they find them? So, because I, I had, personally I've not heard of them before.
1: Right, right. So Prime is the company, and Saga Network is uh, the event that we're also part of. Um, also, Next Realm is and nocturnal waves, Oddity Productions, and I believe there's someone else that I can't think of off the top of my head. But anyways, it's Tuesdays, first Tuesday of every month. Um, we're gonna be joining that. I think it's gonna be kind of cool thing. So. For people who don't know, there is a bunch of locals and a bunch of vendors, and just all the industry people kind of meeting and talking. And Where is it out. at? It's at Industry uh, Alley Bar, which is over by Southside. Okay. So that's a that's a cool thing. That if you're trying to get into networking and you know playing or you know just want to talk and hang out, you should come to that. We also have our open our open decks, our personal open decks, which is going to be the next one is February eighth. So any of the new aspiring DJs would love to come and come on out, out. show yeah, up, people! Don't yeah. sit at home and be on the <laughs> sidelines. Bring your USB, exactly. And uh actually, in next Saturday we have Dirty Snatchers. So I've been following. Actually, ah, man, I sometimes I forget about things too <laughs> because you know you, I, I'm already almost past that show because we have to keep on. You're working booking. on the Yeah, next. exactly. Absolutely. Not that this is anywhere close to finish, but you know, you always have to be two steps ahead of yourself. So, anyways, Dirty Snatch is a, another funny kind of story. We were at the point of, hey, we booked enough shows maybe a year, year and a half, two years ago, and I was just sitting on SoundCloud, just searching. Like the real like searching when you have nothing else to do and you're just looking, just going down this rabbit hole. So I went down the rabbit hole and I found Dirty Snatcher. And I was like, Dude, this guy's music is great. You know, I've I listened to a ton of his tracks. Started looking deeper and deeper. Oh, he's from the United Kingdom. So, found out he had gotten his visa, you know, we'd reached out to him. So, over this process of 2 years of talking to this artist and finding his music, we're finally bringing him next Saturday. So, it's it's kind of cool personally seeing that because, you know, people are like, "Hey, I want to bring Nick out." Well, Nick, you're from the United States. Well, the person who wants you is in Australia. Can you go there? You know, okay. there's so many different things. Visas, you know. I mean a flight overseas is not cheap. Sure. You know? Oh, so, you know, there's there's those little things that people don't always realize. Um, you can't just bring people over on a plane because it's not just free.
0: No, and I'm sure they all expect you to, to front
1: that bill for them too, right? <laughs> yeah, if I had a uh, pilot license and a plane, shit, I'd bring everyone over here. <laughs> <laughs> well, shit, Michael, I've I got all the confidence in the world
0: with you. I think, you've, uh, I think where you're going and what you've already done so far is just going to be so much more positive. And I think you've got big things ahead of you. So for all the listeners out there, if somebody wanted to get more in touch with Ham Promotions, how can they find you?
1: They can email me personally if they want, uh, mike at hampromos.com, if they have, you know, any burning desire to send me an email, but we have plenty of social media. We have our Instagram, we have our Twitter, we have Facebook, we're at a lot of our the shows for electronic shows. We usually are sporting these lovely Ham shirts, this one actually is made by Shout out Eric, by the way. Boom! Eric. Good job, Eric. It's <laughs> a dope shirt. He made this, and you know this is cool. You know he was inspired by our company, and um, I decided I wanted to put it on a shirt, so I put it on a shirt. Gave him one of those. You know our stickers are now those, so it's it's cool. You know having sparking that creativity with people, but we are you know we're we're everywhere, and feel free to reach out, come to one of our events, say hi if you don't know Angie or Austin or myself. Definitely look us up, you know, hampromotions.com.
0: Well, you guys heard it, man. Michael Holberg, Ham Promotions. We'll make sure to put a uh, link to their social media accounts below the video. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next time on the next episode of Fish Tank Sessions.